You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Yes, we are off and running back for a big Tuesday edition, October 27th. Hey, how you doing? Lots to get to on this uh, Tuesday edition. It, uh, of course, is the day the Dodgers look to finally end their World Series drought. You have Odell Beckham Jr. out for the year. So much NFL news as the Rams dismantle the Bears last night on Monday Night Football. It is Tuesday, so we have our weekly NFL poop rankings and another big surprise with the Regal Tumble. One show eliminated. Well, some people are not going to be happy, but at this point, I would just say, I'm not one. You know me. I'm not one to point fingers. But for this, the elimination of a very popular show, I would have to say, it's all your fault. How's everybody doing? Fantastic Tuesday morning. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM. ESPN New York. Plenty to keep us busy on this Tuesday edition. So, of course, let's dive right in. The number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. And Twitter, of course, is where you find the Gordon Damer Show Regal Tumble. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But to lead things off... Of course, as I said, the Dodgers go for the clincher tonight, World Series Game 6. You can hear that game right here, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Our coverage gets underway 8 o'clock following Chris Carlin. And I guess my thoughts for tonight is the number one thing is the Rays need to step up tonight. The Rays have had an incredible season, and this World Series has been, I would say, fantastic so far. It's really been an enjoyable series to watch now. It's not been the most aesthetically pleasing to watch with the, all the pitching changes and all that kind of stuff. But Game Four's wild ending was, was great. And the Rays have had a great season. But you can't lose in six games. And, uh, you know, for it to be an all-time World Series classic series, you have to have a Game 7. And if you're the Rays tonight, you have to figure out a way to keep it close against Walker Bueller. Bueller is already being mentioned. Bueller, Bueller is already being put alongside the names of Koufax and Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling and Oral Hershiser in terms of playoff performances. Now, he's not had that many, and he's had 11, which is not nothing. And in those 11 postseason starts, the numbers that really jump out to you, he has struck out 83 batters in 61 and a third innings. That is incredible. And in those 83 innings, he's given up only 39 hits. So he's almost struck out twice as many batters as he has allowed hits. That is ridiculous. But the Rays have struggled to score runs, uh, and it feels like they are constantly trailing in the very first inning. Now, that might I think that's only the last few games, but it feels like they're playing from behind a lot. And, and it's great when you come back, but obviously <laughs> falling behind is not a very successful strategy long term. So they've been great playing with pressure throughout, throughout the season. They've played in all these close games. They've played great uh, under pressure in these playoffs, right? Trailing one nothing to the Yankees in the opening round in Game 5, coming back, winning that. Uh, game 7 against the Astros after blowing the 3-0 lead. Everybody talking about, oh boy, the Rays are really fun. The Astros are going to go to the World Series. They get up off the mat. They win Game 7. Uh, but tonight, there's no question about it. As you go further along in the playoffs, the pressure, I would think, gets, gets greater. The, the stakes are higher. And there's no greater stakes than tonight, right? Backs against the wall, 
Dodgers, their best pitcher on the mound for this spot. And the Rays have struggled to score runs. You know, outside of that game four, they're averaging three runs a game. You need some runs tonight. So we'll see if they get them and uh, see if we can force a game seven, which would be uh, fantastic. On the side of the NFL stuff, obviously the big news yesterday, although I'm not even sure that it's really big news anymore. It gets a lot of attention, but is it that big a news? Odell Beckham Jr. out for the season. He tore his ACL. That was kind of feared on uh, Sunday when you saw the injury and you saw him go down. It was pretty clear at that point, not that I'm a doctor, but it seemed pretty clear at that point that he was going to be uh, out a while and it was a good chance that he was uh, going to have torn something in his knee. Well, obviously, wish him well in his recovery. Uh, I'm, I'm never someone who got all worked up about the guy like some did on, e- on both sides. Some people, he's a transcendent talent and other people that just couldn't take him anymore. So I think what is clear, and I said, I don't know if this is big news anymore. I know he's a big name, but is it big news? Because it's pretty clear he's not the same guy anymore. He let, you know, for all the talk about this thing and that thing, he led the Browns in targets and he had 319 yards this season. And he was tied at the time with Jarvis Landry for yards on the Browns. Jarvis Landry is not exactly a transcendent. He's not exactly in the conversation. He's a, he's a nice receiver. He's a good possession guy. Will lead the league in steps per catch every time. It's amazing how many steps he can take. But, you know, 319 yards is, is kind of pedestrian. DeAndre Hopkins has 700. Robbie Anderson. Yes, that Robbie Anderson has like 650. So, uh, I, look, I hope he, he's, he's able to bounce back. Even before the injury, though, I think it was pretty clear that uh, he was not the same guy. And I know that the Odell Beckham Jr. sycophants, well, you know, Baker Mayfield's not uh, that great of a quarterback, this or that about Baker. Well, look, if you were this unbelievable transcendent talent that some would lead you to believe, you are able to overcome those things. Think about all the great quarterbacks sometimes that DeAndre Hopkins had before uh, Deshaun Watson. Or you think about all the, I mean, Justin Jefferson, the guy, the, the rookie with the, the Vikings, has Kirk Cousins. Allen Robinson has had a combination of Trubisky and Foles. So, I mean, it's not like uh, they're working with the greatest talent there either. There's plenty of guys. And the, the, I guess the real beauty of the whole Beckham thing for me and the fact that he's, you know, not on the Giants, I don't have to care anymore. You know, Odell, as I said, I was never somebody who got all worked up either way with him, but he's an exhausting guy to follow, man. He's always he's so desperate for attention. Always something. Go- he was quoted last week, oh, I'm not going to give, you know, give any more, give a blank anymore. I was simply saying, well, that was you giving a blank before now? I mean, I don't know. It just seems like uh, I don't have to worry about it anymore. So, uh if you're somebody who gets all worked up about Odell Beckham Jr., I get the feeling that people still try to make it like it's a big deal, but the people sitting at home watching you know, the, the, the different shows, I don't know if they even take it as a big deal anymore. It's just he's a guy. He, he's a good player, but he's not the guy that, you know, when he made that catch against the Cowboys, it was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to, eh, you know. He's had some amazing catches. He's had some amazing plays, and he's, an, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great talent. But, you know. Not, not, not exactly done a whole lot of winning, right? I mean, and it always seems like the focus has to be on him. Now, I'm not going to say that, 
you know, some people will say, well, the, will their offense be better now that they don't have to? I, I never think that your offense is going to be better when you take away a weapon, no matter how good the weapon is. Yeah, he might not be the same player that he was, but he's still a pretty good player. You know, he's still a guy that you have to account for on a, on a play-in, play-out basis. So I'm not going to tell you that their offense is going to be better, but I, I could I could definitely see a situation where, you know, maybe they're not quite as explosive, but they're far more functional because they don't have to worry about him melting down, him doing whatever, if he's not getting the ball that much. Those things have not been as public. He's not been, you know, kicking the net or marrying the net or doing this thing or that thing. But you know behind the scenes, he's still a guy that, you know, is is, is able to get his his opinion across about how much he's getting the ball, how much he's not getting the ball. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know when exactly they're uh, expected to get Nick Chubb back, but whenever that is, I would think that's kind for their offense, even as great as their running game is without Nick Chubb, I would think that that's probably pretty important for them as well. Take a little bit more pressure off Baker Mayfield, who I'm not the huge, you know the biggest fan of, but I think that uh, at least so far, you know, when you're trying to end as long a playoff drought as you've gone for Cleveland, 17 years, this is their best chance probably to make it in those 17 years. So uh, I, I would think getting Nick Chubb back whenever that is off the IR is going to be uh, pretty pretty critical. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. 1-800-919-3776. Look at that. We have done an entire opening segment of the show without mentioning you-know-who. Who? Who, who, who are you talking about? That would be the New York Jets or the New York Giants. Let's not, let's not dismiss them. Just because the Jets have been the least functional team, especially after Sunday. It's, ama- it's amazing. The fact that the Bills just kicked field goals all the time somehow made people feel better about the Jets. Even in a week where the Jets' offensive ineptitude reached new highs. Or new lows, depending on how you look at it. But we got through the entire opening segment without mentioning the Jets, without mentioning the Giants. I, I got to be honest, kind of feels good. Now, legally, I don't know if, you, if you're aware of this. This is kind of an inside, inside radio thing. But legally, every sports talk show has to mention the name Trevor Lawrence four times an hour. So, boom, I just did it there. I said the name Trevor Lawrence. Oop, I'm already up to two. So it must be done from now until the draft, which is only... Only a mere 184 days away. That's the, you will only hear the name Trevor Lawrence. Boop, that's three for the next 184 days. I'm sure it will fly by like that. But we still, of course, have to uh, get to the Regal Tumble. I, you know what? I saw one show that is a, a big fan, and I would say it's the best thing on Netflix currently. And the show Mindhunter is not coming back for another season. Oh, my God. I was, I was devastated. Very, very disappointing. Fantastic show. And uh, a lot of, I guess, it was just uh, too much to uh, get another season done. They had two seasons. And if you've not already seen Mindhunter, well, obviously, you should go see that. You should go watch that on Netflix. But, uh, yeah, not coming back for a third season. Now, will Mindhunter be part of the Regal Tumble? Only time will tell. Only time will tell. But we'll get to the Regal Tumble in a little bit. But today is Tuesday. And that, of course, means that we go through. Now that week seven is, we're already at the halfway point of the NFL season. Isn't that amazing how fast? It feels like week one was just the other day. And now we're already at week eight. And I'm sure Jets and Giant fans, to a certain extent, are saying we're only at week eight. It's only week eight? Feel like we should be a little bit further. No, you're all. 
you're almost almost halfway done. You got half more to go. Isn't that fantastic? And can't wait. Can't wait for Jets Chiefs this weekend. Boy, oh boy. I feel like they should really put a little bit more on the line there in terms of tell the Chiefs they have to score 50 points. I get the feeling that the Chiefs, though, they're going to get bored. Like, you know, they, the 49ers are the perfect team. Like, if they have you down, they're just going to step on your throat and just, just hammer you at every single turn. You saw that against the Jets. You saw that against the Giants. You saw that against the Patriots. They are not ones to take the foot off the pedal. No, they push the pedal down even further. Forget about pedal to the metal. They try to push it directly through the floor. I get the feeling the Chiefs, though, they'll get some touchdowns early. They'll do this and that. And then that line, I don't know, has it changed? It was 21 and a half the last I saw. I don't know if it's gone up any further. I don't know if they're going to cover that line. But the Chiefs, they are among the best in the NFL. And if you were to do an NFL power rankings list, you'd have to say Kansas City, maybe not number one, right? They've they've taken a loss already this year. Steelers are still undefeated. But that's for the, the other shows. The other shows argue about who's best. Here on the Gordon Damer Show, Since we have the Jets and Giants to talk about primarily, we focus on who's worst. So for another week, fourth week in a row, we didn't, I didn't think of this idea before the season started. I didn't know the Jets and Giants were going to be this bad. I knew they were going to be bad, not this bad. It is time for the Gordon Damer Show NFL Poop Rankings. All right. I'll be honest with you. Some people might say it's the tank for Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, four times. It seems like teams are just trying to uh, stink just so they can get in the poop rankings. I, I, I know the, I think that the world revolves around me, but that's the only thing I can come up with. There's so many bad teams. So let's start at number five. Let's do this right. Let's not start at number one. You, you count them down like Casey Kasem on the 70s on seven. Number five, a team that we never thought, I never thought I would ever mention in the poop ray, we could expand to 10 teams. This team will never be part of it. It's the New England Patriots. Oh, my good! Holy cow. Who would have thunk it? The Patriots. How the mighty have fallen. And it's, it's wonderful to see them fall. Isn't it wonderful to see them fall? Doesn't that bring everyone together? You thought you were so special. And you were special very long time not special anymore now you're down luck in the mire like the rest of us bill belichick the patriots cam oh they stunk on sunday stunk they couldn't do a single thing they got destroyed and you know what i'm there for it i love it how the Patriots have fallen. Oh, it took it took a long time. It took too long. And it's only a matter of time before Bill Belichick tries to figure out a way to steal something from somebody. Try to get his team back on top. Now, Cam Newton has been terrible, and that has been a big focus around the NFL, right? He's been playing terribly. Is he still dealing with the, uh, the, the effects of COVID? It's safe to say, and I, I said this yesterday, the idea that the league allowed Bill Belichick to get Cam Newton. How could you ever allow Bill Belichick to get Cam Newton? Now they're going to be great again because they got to get... Cam Newton has looked terrible. Maybe the league was okay with that. Maybe that was a, they, they were okay with that. Now, would I bench Cam Newton 
to play Jared Stidham. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. The Patriots are not dead yet. They're two and four, right? And they play the Bills this week. Now, if you lose the Bills, where the Bills are in the standings and where the Patriots are in the standings, you don't need to be a mathematician to know the, the chances of the Patriots coming back looking the way they're looking. Very, very slim. You know, if this was still September, I would say, all right, you know what, the, the Patriots, you know, work to do here and they'll get it figured out. And this weekend is November. Different story. So Pats 2-4, and four, last time they were multiple games under 500, 2001 when they were 1-3. and three. That day, 19 years ago, Tom Brady's second NFL start. Wow. That tells you how far the mighty have fallen, and I love it. Love it. So number five in the poop rankings, the New England Patriots. All right, number four in the poop rankings... Your New York football Giants. Daniel Jones falling down on uh, an easy his way to an easy touchdown, and yet somehow Evan Ingram actually should be more embarrassed. That's not uh, that's that's hard to do. Even in, the NFC East is garbage, garbage. Each week, the level of garbage just keeps stacking up higher and higher. And yet, as we head into the uh, halfway point of the season. The debate about who is going to win the NFC East is still very much up for grabs, right? Each week it seems like it kind of Cowboys are going to turn things around at some point. Maybe it's the Eagles they get healthy. Maybe maybe Washington has got something going on here. Maybe even in a garbage division, the one thing that is clear: the Giants are in last place. And Pro Football Focus has uh, has some numbers on uh, Andrew Thomas, and not uh, not. A real shock that the numbers not good. 101 tackles in the league have played at least 10 snaps. Of those 101, one player has allowed more than 25 pressures, which according to PEFF is the combination of sacks, hits, and hurries. Who do you think that player is? Mm, gee. If you guessed Andrew Thomas, ding, 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 you win. He is allowed 37. So that tells, like... 25, only one player is allowed more than 25. He's not allowed 25 or 26 or 27. He's allowed 37. That's bad. Number four in the poop rankings are the New York Giants. Number three, this one, this team actually probably would be off the the poop rankings altogether. Unfortunately, they won a game. They won a game Week one, and they have completely screwed their entire organization, probably for the next 10 years. And that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Seven games into the season, the Jaguars have led, have led, when they've had the ball, 3.9% of the time. Much like Andrew Thomas, that number is bad. And they screwed themselves by winning week one. You know, all of a sudden, Gardner Minshew's mustache is not so cute when you're when, when DJ Shark is uh, running uh, here and there and can't get the ball. And I know this because he's on my fantasy team. Killing me. Killing me, Gardner Minshew. So the Jaguars, who are uh, a hot mess right now, right? If they, had, if they had not won that one game, they would be neck and neck with the Jets for that first overall pick and Trevor Lawrence and maybe... The Jaguars are able to turn around their entire organization. Well, look, they might get the second pick. Who knows? 
but they would certainly be right in the running right now for that number one pick if they had simply not won. Week one, they screwed themselves, not just for this season, but beyond. So number three in the poop rankings are the Jacksonville Jaguars. So now is really where the rubber hits the road. Number two, number one, how does it break down? Well, number two is everybody's favorite team. And one thing that brings, if, if, if the Patriots being bad brings us all together, or maybe there's a, a couple of stragglers there, whatever stragglers there are come together on the fact that the Cowboys are just hot garbage. The Dallas Cowboys, yes. Yesterday, this is, this is not from The Onion. This is something that actually happened. They had to stop their press conference because their defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan, got hot sauce in his eye. He had a little bit of Tabasco sauce on his finger and he started rubbing his eye. I mean, I guess it's not the worst place. I mean, I can think of a couple of worst places maybe to stick that, but your eye is pretty bad. Dallas has allowed 14 passing touchdowns and 10 rushing touchdowns through the first six games. The only team to do that, other than them, the 2005 San Francisco 49ers. Who, uh, who is their coach? Oh, that's right. It was Mike Nolan. I guess before he got the uh, Tabasco sauce. So the Cowboys sitting at number two in the poop rankings. So who could be number one? Who could it be? Gee, I don't I, I can't. Ah, that's right. That's right. It is the New York Jets. The New York Jets. Counting them down for a fourth week in a row. The remaining Jets games, I've seen this mentioned, that the, the, the last few games, the nine games that the Jets have remaining, they are an audition for Sam Darnold and his future with the Jets. Well, if that includes this past week, that audition was like William Hung singing Shebangs on American Idol. They had four yards. Have you heard that they had four yards of off- offense? You've heard it in the past in basketball, the four-corner defense. The uh, Jets had 12 feet of offense. They, they counter the four corners of defense with 12 feet of offense. They are that bad. And at this point, I don't even know. Like, who do you think the players, if you could rank who the players on their teams feel about their head coach who do you think would feel worse about their head coach do you think it would be the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy because it certainly seems like those players are (laughs) they've just completely given up on that guy or do you think it's the Jets with Adam Gase now the Jet players you would say most of them a lot of them they were here last year too so they're they're kind of you know I mean it's not taken very long for the Cowboys players to just complete I think that they're only following Mike McCarthy Mike McCarthy at this point out of morbid curiosity just to see how bad it goes but for the fourth straight week even being competitive even being in a game even with the ball in their hands down a touchdown and a two-point conversion all they had to do was drive the field get a touchdown and a two-point conversion and uh, the Jets would have been able to tie things up, yes. And uh, all I need to do is to fly to the moon is to flap my arms. So for a fourth consecutive week, your New York Jets are the worst thing going on in the NFL. Yes. Oh, it, it's a huge success. Huge success. I have to assume nobody at the station has actually heard this segment yet. I've not heard any complaints so far. So your poop rankings for another week. 
Another chance to the left side. Hayes waits. The Yankees are champions of baseball. have two moments of inspiration today yes joe buck the call on both of them yesterday the anniversary of the yankees 96 title yesterday the anniversary of uh, taking care of the subway series in five games against the new york mets what a fantastic day in baseball history yesterday was unfortunately we did not use those yesterday i wasn't aware that yesterday was these specific dates but there you go never allow it to uh, get by without uh, some sort of mention and the 96 one that one uh, for me, I was I was alive when 77 and 78 happened, but I'd be lying to you if I could tell you at the age of six and seven that I really was aware. And then, you know, after 81, the Yankees losing the series in 81, George Frazier coming in every game, losing every game. You know, the Yankees really kind of hit the hit the skids. And, uh, you know, a lot of Yankee fans nowadays, they are completely spoiled. Oh, they're so spoiled. They've never had to live with real downtimes. Yeah, they may, maybe they missed the playoffs once here or there, but they've never had to deal with the uh, the late 80s Yankees. And not even the late 80s Yankees as much as it was like that turn uh, from, from 88, 89, 90, 90. Well, that was really when it was dark days, the George suspension. But you know what? Sometimes your darkest days lead to your greatest victories and the George suspension that allowed, uh, you know, Stick Michael and the rest of the crew to kind of build up the farm system, not trade people away that George's uh, had uh, had done time and time and time again. And look at that. Very shortly before, you know, as George came back, the Yankees had turned things around, and they were once again on top. Fantastic times. Hopefully we get to hear another Joe Buck call like that very, very soon. All right, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. You know, I always say I'm going to take calls. I never do it. Let's squeeze one in here before we get to the regal tumble for today. Mike in Manhattan. Mike, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon. Um, as a frustrated Jets fan, reality just starts to set in. So yeah. I was starting to think about, like, the worst teams of all time. And right. um, the 0-16 Lions are the only team to do it. And we know that the Jets are going to be the second team. So the question is... Well, no, there's been the other teams. The, the Browns Lions. went winless one year, and the, and the Buccaneers went winless one year. Now, those two... I think that the team you picked is right, because the Lions were not trying to tank. I think the Browns were trying to tank, and the Bucs were a, uh, an expansion team. So it was, it was impossible for them to be good right away. But no, there, there, there have been other teams that have gone you know, winless throughout the entire year. I think the Bucs were 0-14 or 0-13. And, uh, the, yeah, the, uh, but the only 0-16, because you have more chances to play, was the Lions. No, the Browns also won 0-16. Uh, I thought they won one game. No, they won, No, they, they, they followed up the, oh, the, the winless year with a one-win year. They went 1-31. Oh, okay. So out of those teams, who do you think, who do you think the Jets would lose to all of them? <sighs> I think so. It's tough, man. I, you know, the 2008... Lions. I think John Kitna was the quarterback. I'm pretty sure uh, Dan Orlovsky uh, of ESPN was on that team as well. So, um, but they had Megatron, and can you yeah. imagine the Jets trying to stop a number one like that? Uh, did, did the 2008 team have that? I don't. I think that that yeah. was who they got. Me- yeah, Me- Megatron, I'd have to go back yeah, and look at their roster. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, yep. uh, look, if you were doing a draft of uh, the, the players available on that team and this team, you'd have to say right off the bat, the Megatron would be uh, the number one guy, right? I mean, like that's not that's not really even uh, much of a question. So, uh, look, if the Jets brought the same effort that they brought this entire year, it's pretty clear to say that they would uh, that that would be you know they'd probably uh, lose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, their, their their effort has been so bad that um, it's not just the talent. They have a talent discrepancy, but they also have an effort discrepancy. Like this week, at least they, they, they kind of showed up, right? I mean, they had a lead in the first half, and they just looked regular bad. And then the second half came, and then they were, I mean, they were, they were a disaster. I mean, there's no other way to put it, uh, you know? So uh, if they had to play the, the, the winless Lions, I think that um, uh, it, w- it would be a barn burner. I- I'd have to go back and look. Maybe I'll look at the break of the, the uh, Lions uh, roster, but I'm pretty sure that um, they had uh, John Kitna was their starter and that Dan Orlovsky was on that team as well. So um, it, it would, uh, boy, that would, it's safe to say you would not be seeing either team on the Red Zone channel. Let's put it that way. Uh, all right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number, 1-800-919-3776. And you know what? The, the one question really for Jet fans that I would have is, are you still concerned? Like, I think at this point, right, you just want them to lose every game and get the number one pick. Like, there's nothing to be gained. Are you concerned that somewhere along the line, the Jets are going to win a game, and the fact that the strength of schedule is what it is, it will end up screwing you up and you'll be picking third in the draft. That would be, for me, it's, that's the greatest concern. It's not about Sam. It's not about the defense. It's not about the coach. It's not about the, that's my greatest concern right now. But that's not the focus right now. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. And it is time for everybody's favorite uh, contest here. It is the Gordon Damer Show Regal Tumble. Each day, we try and find another piece of evidence to come to a group decision on the greatest television show of all time now we've been doing this now for a week and a half by now you should know the rules the rules are secretly guarded list of 66 television shows from all genres from all time frames and they have been randomly assigned an order and each day we find out what that order is and we find out a new show now yesterday we had uh, a very interesting contest that really came down to the final minutes, final hours. But every, every day, a show has to get eliminated, whether I want it to or not. And the show eliminated yesterday, a show that I think a lot of people had high hopes for. But already, I think after just two days, already bounced. And that is... Now this is a story all about how my life got Yeah, it's a story about uh, disappointment. Like it's about a, a story about uh, unfulfilled potential. The Fresh Bel-Air. Prince of Bel-Air. That meme where Will Smith is standing around the empty room, that's kind of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Very quickly. Very quickly. Very disappointing. And the Fresh Prince was a 98.7 Illuminati selection. Now, I'm not going to reveal who the person was who, who gave, but I'll just say this person was very vocal. When the rewatchable movie bracket came out, oh, he was very disappointed with some of my selections, some of the games I left off, some of the sh- uh, sh- uh, movies I left off, some of the movies that I included, the rankings. He had 
lot of things to say. And I like that. I like the feedback. But it just shows you how difficult of a process this is. See? The table. Well, well, well. How the tables have turned. This one person. So the French prince has spoiled. Not so fresh anymore. So the fresh prince is gone. But that leaves a spot for a new show. Day seven of the Regal Tumble. Every single day, a new show enters the fray. Today's show entering the battle is... Riding through this world All alone Gotta be honest, I would not know that off of that, uh, that clip. But that's the theme song of... Sons of Anarchy. Yes, Sons of Anarchy, the FX show drama about the uh, California motorcycle gang, Sam Crow, fight to protect their hometown from rival gangs while they're running guns. Kirk Sutter show, worked on The Shield. Jersey guy, love him. Uh, I got to be honest, not my show. Uh, I was I was a little late to the game on uh, Sons of Anarchy. Watched the season two for two or of it. Uh, not for me. Not for me. What the hell is that? Yeah, well, look, I will say that these are... I did not come up with the suggestions. I turned that over to you after all the criticism of the rewatchable movie bracket and its ranking, all these things. I turned it over to you, and a lot of people brought up Sons of Anarchy. I found the Jax character just too annoying. Too annoying. I watched it. What was the season where his baby gets taken from him? He's chasing the boat. It was too ridiculous for me. But into the ring it goes. And I will say this. I'm about creating arguments. Sons of Anarchy, not my show, but very highly thought of. Rated 8.6 on IMDb. 87 rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's available on Hulu if you have that uh, platform. Lots of fans on the show. so Of the show, I should say. And uh, it is up. It is uh, available. Day number seven of the rewatchable movie bracket, and we'll see. So the 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 shows that we already know, Sons of Anarchy is joining The Office. Also, Game of Thrones is still available there. And yesterday's Powerhouse. Excuse me, uh, I couldn't help but notice that. You were looking in my direction. <laughs> oh, yes, I was. You just ordered the same exact lunch as me. <laughs> my name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. Oh, uh, yes, Seinfeld. I would think that, I, I think that Seinfeld put together the most dominating performance of the tournament so far. Almost 50% of the votes went to Seinfeld yesterday. And that it really came down to who was going to survive Fresh Prince or Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones finished at 15.6. Fresh Prince, 13.6. Yeah, no, well, a lot of people, including one member of the 98.7 Illuminati, who's on uh, at uh, 855, he uh, was not going to like that the Fresh Prince got bounced. I, 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 I give too many clues about who the, the Illuminati is supposed to remain secret. So if you, uh, if you want to vote, it is up on Twitter. It is at Gordon Damer. Sons of Anarchy, Game of Thrones, The Office, and Seinfeld, and the lowest vote total gets eliminated. Now, there's some strategy involved here. If you like a show, well, you can certainly vote for that show. I would say myself, if I were voting on these four shows, 
Seinfeld would be my pick. I think that that is in the conversation of greatest shows of all time, greatest sitcom of all time. So Seinfeld would be my vote. But seeing how the vote went yesterday, I might go with another show that might be in a little bit of danger because The Office might be in a danger if you're a Sons of Anarchy fan, but it's not maybe your top show, but you want to make sure it gets through another day. You might throw your vote that way. So this is all about making sure your show is not last. And it might mean helping out the second place or third place show so to make sure that the other show ends up in last. But it's up to you. It's completely up to you. It's on Twitter. It's at Gordon Tamer. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. All right, let's get back to the phones here. We'll go out to uh, Frank is in Brooklyn. Frank, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon, it's Frank from Garrison Beach. Hey, listen, I think this week might be a trap game for the Jets because they might be looking ahead to the New England on Monday night the following week. Wait a second, you think it's a trap game for the Jets? Yeah, yeah. They might lose. They New England game. They, 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 yeah, I, you know what, Frank? I think you've nailed something. I think it is a trap game for the Jets. I think, uh, I think there's a very good chance that the Jets fall into a booby trap on the way to the stadium with the way the season has gone. It's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I agree with you. I think that they might get trapped up by the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. All right? Well, Adam Gase might have him ready. He's got to get him ready. He, he, he's he, certain Frank. He certainly had plenty of time. He's had seven weeks to get them ready. So who knows? Maybe week eight is the week that they are finally ready. We never know. You know, this might be finally the week that Adam, it all comes together. Boy, would that be an upset? Would that be the greatest upset regular season? I can't be, a, you know, it's not a playoff game. It's not a Super Bowl. But if the Jets ever did somehow, I mean, what would have to take place for the Jets to beat the Kansas City Chiefs outside of like the Chiefs plane going to a different location. I mean, they look, maybe the Jets have some sort of power that way. They are the Jets. Maybe they can take the, the Chiefs team plane and get it directed to, I don't know where, some, some other country, I would have to think. Even if they're on the East Coast, the Chiefs could show up in the third quarter and still be able to put up enough points to beat the Jets. And I'm interested because it does seem like the, the defense, Greg Williams' great defense, did at least do something on Sunday. Now, it wasn't great because the, the, the Bills were just... You know what the Bills were on Sunday? I said this yesterday. They were, when you're playing your young kid in a game and you want your kid to win, and you're trying to let them win, but they just, for whatever reason, they don't grasp the game. They're just not very good at it. You can't... Everything you do, you, you just keep beating them, and eventually the game ends and you've won, and they, they end up crying. That's what ends up, that was what happened on Sunday. The, the Bills were trying to give the Jets the game. And it's the smart long-term play. Keep Trevor Lawrence out of the AFC East. That's good for the Bills' long-term interest. Unfortunately, the Jets were unable to take advantage of the, the gifts, the, the field goals that they were continually attempting, and in a lot of cases missing on Sunday. All right, looking at the uh, 2008 Lions, who went uh, 0-16, points they gave up 517 points and scored 268 for the season so defensively they were abysmal they were dead last their offense was not that bad though they were well it it was not good they were 0-16 but they were 27th out of 32 so and uh, it seems like at least uh, according to uh, pro football reference actually Dan Orlovsky started the most games for them that year uh, he started uh, seven games, and Calvin Johnson was on the team. I screwed that up. He was the uh, the number one pick of the Lions in 2007. 
So when they were 0-16, that's how they wound up with the first pick, and then they took Matthew Stafford. Uh, you know, I don't remember their defense that well. Obviously, their defense, I mean, it really would be a clash of the Titans, right? You have the terrible Jets offense going up against the, uh, the abysmal Lions defense. So it would be a real, I mean, maybe the people at NFL Films could put that together on a slow day and uh, decide which team would uh, end up winning that matchup. It would, uh, I, I, it would not be a blowout either way. Let's put it that way. The Jets have a very, very good chance of going 0-16 at this point. Now, you'd have to say maybe the, the biggest obstacle remaining, and I, again, we've talked about this in the past, don't fire the coach. If you keep the coach, it's a, it improves your chances of going 0-16. The only thing going against the Jets is the Jets' history. And the Jets' history tells you that there's at least a possibility. They win one game, right, with all these one-win teams. There's a chance the Jets win. If, if it's up to the Jets and it comes down to a bunch of one-win teams or one one-win team, the Jets will end up winning a game and costing themselves the number one pick. That's just the way they, they do it. So I would not be stunned at all if they end up winning a game. I will say this. Out of all the bad teams, I focus more on them than anybody because we do the poop rankings. I would say the only team that has a legit chance, like right now the Jets are at 90, in the Gordon Damer Show algorithm, 99.99999% chance of getting the number one overall pick. That last point zero 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 one, I would say would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. If the Jaguars go 1-15, there's at least a chance that the Jets win a game. But all the other bad teams, I think there's a very good chance. I think that all of them, even the Giants, even the Giants... Even the New York Giants are going to win more than one game. So uh, I think that the Jets are going to be in the clear. They're all, they're, it's almost complete. Almost. But they're not quite there just yet. Speaking of not being there quite yet, we opened the show with the Dodgers today. They go for the clincher tonight. Game six of the World Series. The Rays tonight. They got to step up. It feels like every time the Dodgers kind of get a little bit of a lead in this series... Even in games, it feels kind of inevitable, right? The Dodgers have so much more going for them than the Rays. How are the Rays going to compete against the Dodgers? But then each time, the Rays have come back and, and fought to make this a series. So to make it a great World Series, you need to have a Game 7. And to get a Game 7, you need the Rays to win tonight. And, to I mean, their task, they've been very good under pressure in the postseason, right? They, they were down one nothing to the Yankees in the first round, almost blew the 3-0 lead. Tonight, it's, uh, it's the toughest task they faced. Backs against the wall, Walker Bueller on the mound. So let's see if the Rays, who are outside of that game four, averaging three runs a game. They have to score some runs tonight and figure out a way to, uh, to force a game seven. And we'll see. We have it tonight right here at 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Uh, that's going to do it. The show is already over. I had other things to say, but I, I got caught up talking about the Jets. This has been such a phenomenal season for me as a Dolphin fan and as a Jet hater that I've had so much material every single day, even when they don't play. It's fantastic. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow, starting at 5 a.m., but already very, very tight contest in the, the Regal Tumble. It's up on Twitter. It's Day 7, Sons of Anarchy, Game of Thrones, The Office, and Seinfeld. They are right now, it's a slobber knocker. It's a, it's a real all-style death match right now, and it will be decided by your vote. So go vote. We'll be back tomorrow at 5. And, of course, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Gordon Damer, and we'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. 
This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.